Hello, hello, hello. Hello. Welcome back to part two. Yes. <laughs> of our discussion. Of our discussion. So we got some feedback from last time, and it seems like a lot of people were interested in this topic. So we thought we would run it back again and dive a little deeper, offer a little bit more um, of techniques that you can use, and also give you an update on our personal journeys as well. So yes. um, I found this list, and it's a little scary. <laughs> <laughs> So definitely for our therapists, therapists and counselors out there listening, these are um, definitely some things that you want to look out as far as if you are experiencing them and possibly already burned out or headed to being burning burning out. Right. Um. So I'm gonna say them, and then we're gonna give you a moment just to kind of think within yourself. Yes. <laughs> Um, and of course, I, I believe we'll probably share which ones we feel like we're dealing with. This first one, I'm chuckling because this first one, automatically, I already know this is me. <laughs> <laughs> what is it? Drag yourself into work most, most days. Oh, gosh. <laughs> that would be a yes. <laughs> um, so that's the first one. Um, find yourself repeating the same interpretations over and over. Mm. I'm not so sure about that one. I don't know. What does that mean exactly? I don't even know. I'm not <laughs> <laughs> like, like what? Oh, I'm confused because depending on your clientele, you might be doing the same stuff all over again, you know, using the same theories, using the same techniques. Yeah. Like if you're primarily dealing with, you know, people who are depressed or anxiety mm -hmm. or a lot of people dealing with COVID in different ways. Like, I mean, yeah, most diagnosis, it boils down to, you know, you have to have some type of coping skill. You need to be doing some self-care, um, need to be, you know, doing some cognitive behavioral type work yeah. or, you know, emotional. So it's like, there's, so many there's only so many techniques that you can use so i, I don't could, i don't really understand that part i can relate to that one like i work a lot with anxiety and depression primarily i do some other stuff as well but most of it is i think that's the most prominent diagnoses that i see so a lot of times i have new clients and i find myself just reiterating the same things just somebody new i try to make it fresh by like putting a spin on things or it's it's not as repetitive just because it's a new person. So even yeah. though it may seem like, oh, I'm just saying the same things over and over each day, it's re I'm really not because it's talking to someone totally different who has total like different symptoms of depression, anxiety, different experiences mm -hmm. with it, may have already used coping skills in the past or may have not ever used coping skills before at all. So it's just a different person, which makes it interesting, I think, yeah. when it comes to talking Agreed. about the same things over and over. Yeah. So, I, I mean, I'm torn. I don't really feel like that's the issue. Yeah. Um, so give advice as a shortcut rather than helping clients learn and grow. <laughs> I don't know. Like, I think advice, like, I give advice, yes, but then I also, like, work with clients to do, like, methods and, like, learn, like, why things are the way they are and, like, why this happens or, like, 
I don't know. I, I think it depends on the client as well. Some people don't want to have like don't want to hear the whole like round yeah. like run yeah. of the mill thing. They want to just like figure, they want you to tell them something and they want to like execute it. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. That's what I was thinking. Like, uh, and then sometimes whatever they may be going through, time might be of the essence. So you really don't have mm-hmm. time to like go through the whole learning process um, because something there might be a deadline or something going on where we can't, you know, draw this out too, too long. We need to make sure that you know what you have to do. Really yeah, quickly. that's a good point. Um, begin sessions late and or in early. What do you think about that one? Um, I actually, so I do this, right? Only because I am starting them late because I'm not ending them on time. Mm. So then they run over until the next person. Yeah. And then... I would think maybe, okay, so this person normally doesn't talk that long, so like I'll catch up and I'll get back on track. But then that person will talk forever, right? And I don't want to not give them their full, you know, clinical hours. So it's mm-hmm. like once I get off track, it's just like that for the rest of the day. Yeah. Um, unless I have like a cancellation or I really have someone that like I don't have anything to say today. And of course, I'm not going to bill somebody for a whole hour. Um, of us just sitting and shooting the breeze. I'm like, okay, well, you know what? I'll see you next week. Yep. So it's it's more on me of not like just getting enmeshed in it and not paying attention to the time or, or um, for whatever reason these days, I feel like the first 15 minutes or so is just like a review of the you know, last session or whatever else might have happened in the last week. Mm-hmm. And so then when we get back on track of actually talking about like their treatment goals and what they came for, right? Mm-hmm. Then like 30, 40 minutes in, we're in the thick of it, right? And yes. then so they might be sharing a story for the first time or now have had an aha moment, a breakthrough, and it's like, <gasps> we're at the 50 minute mark and I really should be wrapping this up, but I can't now because mm-hmm. we gotta process through what you just disclosed. And so then that's 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 what usually happens to me. I think some clients seem more like an hour and a half. Like, I don't know if this happens to you, but I have clients that I feel like we'll be talking, like coasting the whole session. And then in like 52 minutes, they get into this like deep story. And then it's going to last like more than 10 minutes. But I'm like, I feel bad cutting them off at the hour. Because I always want to like lead up in like maybe five minutes. till I'll be like, okay, let's wrap up. Like, what do you want to work yeah. on next week? But like, yeah. it's hard to cut them off in the middle of a deep story. But then also I can't, I have to respect the next client's time too. I don't want to be late to their session. So if they're like yeah. an understanding person, like I'll be like, hey, I'm running like 10 minutes behind today, five minutes behind. But I don't want to like abuse that. So, yeah. so certain um, clients like need to understand also that like you can like you have to stick to your time constraints. I had one client, she was like, I'm just sick of this. Can I just have two hours? <laughs> I was like, I mean, I two guess. hours every week. That's a lot. Of not time. like not like an hour on Tuesday or an hour on like two hours blocked off just for me so I can do whatever. I'm like. I don't know how that works with insurance and like billing. I guess we could still bill for two hours in a row, but I don't know. If well, she she's a um she's not insurance, so then oh. you want to pay for two hour block? Go ahead, go for it. Wow. Yeah. Who knows? 
Wow, that's pretty cool. She, she, she's definitely one of the ones where um, we'll get to talking and then it's, oh, sorry, your time has ended. Yeah, I feel bad like cutting, it's like, because then it makes it more transactional and not so much like how you want it to be when I have to say, oh, your time's up. It's like, because I have to watch the clock like someone yeah. does, you know. And I have like one client who's always like, you know, I love to talk. I'm like, yep. <laughs> yeah. And so then I do use it as a uh, learning experience of this is why you need to have a good social network, right? Right. I can't be the only person you're talking to, right? And so especially if it comes off as like a lot of word vomit where you've just been holding all this stuff in and then you're just dumping every time, right? And so you see that a lot in the beginning of the therapy because they really haven't been talking. They got all these issues that they haven't been dealing with. But like at a certain point, it shouldn't be that dump anymore. And I think a lot of the dump still comes from like, okay, I'm still only relying on my my therapist, my counselor to have certain conversations, right? Mm-hmm. And and I'm like, no, 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 you got to find someone else. Like, okay, and then we spend a session or however long it needs to so we can identify someone else that you can call or text or talk to. Right. Um, That's a good point. Yeah. Um, let's see what we have next. This is a rough list. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, and uh, one thing that I used to do, um, this was years ago. I had a um, a client who adult ADHD, like to the max. Mm-hmm. And so what I would have to do is I would have to set an alarm, right? And mm-hmm. so we, like, she basically was conditioned, like, okay, I'm gonna give you this about a time to talk. When your alarm goes off, that's it. And so that's wow. how I would, cause I was like, I cannot get this lady to stop. Like, even the little, like, you know how, like, there's sometimes you have conversations with people and it's hard to, like, insert yourself. Yes. Like, like, not hopscotch. What is it? Like, the jump rope game. I'm like, okay, when can I get in? When can I get in? And I was like, okay, this is causing me anxiety trying to talk to her. So (laughs) let me figure out a different way. So I would use um, a timer. And I thought about bringing that back of, like, starting the session, like, hey, these sessions are only this amount long. I'm going to set the timer for this time so we know when we need to stop and wrap off. And so then it's the timer cutting them off in the middle of their story. Uh Then it is me. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That's like an extreme case. Like, wow. Yeah, so I'm like, oh, goodness, yeah. We had to use that, t- but the thing was eventually we didn't have to use the timer no more, which I thought was great. Oh, um, good. Yeah, but at first, it was like that first month, month and a half, we could not function without the timer. Wow. It was not going to work. All right, so we have, oh, here we go. Doze off or space out during session. <laughs> Uh, doze off okay so i've never dozed off but like i will say when you have like phone calls over video calls it's more easy to space out or zone out than a video call agreed <laughs> um yes <laughs> i'm gonna leave it at that yeah <laughs> okay um Experience a noticeable decline in empathy. Yeah. Um, with this one, these are all like definitely signs of burnout when you're reading out. But I think yeah. they, they can all apply to people even without burnout. But yeah. um, because I would say with this one, it's like a, 
applicable because like if you do hear like certain stories repetitively or like someone's got depression because of this or that like I don't know like, I still feel empathetic for them of course but I guess mm-hmm. it could be harder the longer you do this for to make mm-hmm. it at the same level as initially yeah I don't find that I do this with my clients, but I'm assuming the more that I'm working and maybe possibly entering into burnout with my clients, Mm -hmm. I have less empathy for people in my personal life. Mm -hmm. Um, I I feel like if there's less empathy anywhere, it's probably with the people in my personal life that I um, struggle with having patience and and extending that to sometimes. even, Even that's case specific. (laughs) <laughs> yeah and then I find myself feeling guilty like when I do that with personal life people because I'm like okay well why is my job like my entire like why do I give all of them like all my empathy and then like personal life people I'm like uh. yeah <laughs> when it used yeah. to be like so opposite before you know you were yeah. a therapist so yeah yeah it, it's hard okay <laughs> this one's funny I don't know why it's funny to me do things that would make your former ethics professor cringe mm-hmm. No, no, definitely not. Um, I will say, I think a lot of times, um, depending on the program, I'll say that they do students a disservice um, because they make everything seem very black and white Mm -hmm. and very, very blanket. And that's definitely not the case in the real world. Mm -hmm. And so what might be considered unethical for one client actually um, could be very ethical for another and actually ne- necessary so that you don't either damage that therapeutic relationship or further traumatize that person. Yeah. And so I think sometimes we have to take that in consideration. And I see with the people that I've supervised in the past, they struggle the most with that because they were taught and then some, again, programs kind of beat over their head that they can't do certain things or they shouldn't act or say or whatever mm-hmm. certain things and then they get stuck and then they can't really, um, they're not really beneficial to that client because they're so rigid in their thinking yeah, in their approach. That's true. Yeah. I will say with the social work code of ethics is like typically more like much more stricter than other professions. So I sometimes I have like colleagues who are not social workers who can do certain things that I just can't do mm-hmm. because like that's not in my code of ethics. Yeah. Um, like branding clients on Facebook, like that would be like a no. Uh, yeah. Um, but other professions. Even if that was allowed, I wouldn't want to do it. Yeah. <laughs> or like patients or something like that. Um another setting um just stuff like that like oh yeah I was close to them too because like you know you do grow close to your patients and your clients of course but it's still like you can't be their friend yeah I had a um I did a training what I can't time is not of it's not there but I did a training it wasn't a week ago two weeks ago and um it was with a lot of social workers in that training with me and so um a lot of them worked in the hospital setting doing palliative care Mm -hmm. and so they would talk about how they grew so close to their patients and their patient's family and how um even after their patient had already passed away the family was still very connected and still Mm -hmm. wanted to talk to them um and a number of them um had been invited to the patients um either homegoing service or 
theater or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and some of them actually said that they went. And I was really surprised yeah. that they were going. And I was like, on my end, because I don't really deal with that, I've never been, you know, invited to that type of thing. But, you know, for weddings or whatever, yeah. I have been invited to big events like that or graduations. And, you know, um, I decline. I haven't been put in a position yet to where it's that fine line of, okay, if I don't go to this thing, then, you know, the therapeutic line, the trust didn't all the reports go on, mm-hmm. um, thank goodness. But um, I have heard some people that they've had to, you know, they, they did intercept an offer or they didn't do something and then that's it, that, that was it. Wow. Yeah. That's yeah. Ha- it's hard, like, especially with like, cause you do get close to your clients and patients. So it's like, yeah. where do you draw that line? Exactly, exactly. Um. <laughs> Push your theory, technique, or agenda rather than listening and adjusting. Listening and adjusting to what they have, what they have to say. Yeah. Oh, so instead of like pushing like what you think is best for them, or like pushing like a certain technique, like CBT or something, maybe they don't need yeah. that. I guess if someone was burnt out, like they would be like over it and they'd be like, oh, I'm going to just do what I want to do. So that could be what they're trying to say there. Okay. Like, <laughs> <laughs> huh? Uh, <laughs> Sasha's like, I'm not having it. I know. She you don't, like... She don't get it either. <laughs> um, <laughs> feel relieved when clients cancel. Okay. <laughs> I don't like this list. Why? I feel like, I feel like a horrible person. <laughs> I will say that um, like when I've had like a long day at work or something and then I have like five clients at night when like one person cancels, like I'm not too upset about it. <laughs> I don't feel relieved. Like, I just think that's no, I would, I don't understand how that would be a sign of burnout. Like, regardless of how much money you make, I mean, unless you're like really, really focused on money, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and none of us are in this field to like make, you know, be millionaires, right? Um, so I don't understand why it's unrealistic if you have a very difficult client you're not like looking at them on your schedule like yes i get to go to bat with someone so we're gonna really dig in deep tonight so i can see how like if the person cancels you're like oh i don't have to do that today right like i don't i don't know i think people therapists are human too yeah and that's why i I feel like that one kind of takes away our human component so yeah I don't particularly like that one. Um, <laughs> haven't read anything psychology related for a while. I mean, that's I don't really read that much on, on generally, to be honest. What? So, see, this <laughs> I have whoever created this list. I have questions. <laughs> we have sub. What do you call them? Like sub, like. Roman numeral one, then A, B, C. Like, yeah, I have, I have questions. Um, if if these things sound familiar and you're the person who created them, please feel free to reach out to us. <laughs> we have 
questions. <laughs> at mental health uncorked. <laughs> yeah, <please. laughs> um <laughs> self disclose in ways that don't help the client. Oh, I can see why this would be a thing. Yes, for sure. For sure. Mm -hmm. Um yeah, definitely. I'm finding my my clients are asking me more questions than ever. Yeah. Um, my clients are like so sweet. Like I love my clients. Like seriously, they'll be like, "How are you doing?" Like, <laughs> or um, what's been going on in your life? I'm like, like thank you for for caring. <laughs> but this is yeah, about like, you. It's, it's so awkward. I'm like, well, this is about you. I, I have to act like. <laughs> Or they feel bad for talking about themselves the whole session and then they're like, oh my gosh, like, how are you doing? Yeah, you're so right. They do. I do have a couple that apologize. Like, for, oh my God, I just been rambling and talking the whole time and you haven't had a chance to say nothing. I'm like, no, that's what it's supposed to be. Like, right. uh, I don't know how many times I always have to tell people you don't have to apologize. Like, stop apologizing. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, no. Um. Okay, I have out this list. Maybe it's meant to be somewhat funny or comical. I just I'm not sure. Cause this last one, I fantasize of that high school job at the food court in the mall where you were appreciated. Got tips and left work at work. First of all, I do not fantasize about my high school job at all. <laughs> I do not miss making minimum wage. Is there a job from high school that I miss? <laughs> this is gonna sound horrible. So <laughs> the only job that I could right now say I miss is my job at the movie theaters. Cause I just overall love going to the movies. Now that sounds fun. Yeah. And so we haven't been able to go to the movies. So like that's the only job I'm like, oh from high school, I would love to be doing that right now. Mm -hmm. Going you know, to free movies, free popcorn. I think people are still going to the movies actually. Really? I think they're still open. Like up here they're still open. Like they'll show like older movies or like new movies that just came out but like I feel like it's not like the same as it used to be like they're not like all new movies in there um but it's like the movie theaters are still open oh I mean I haven't had to go because all the movies are on um, you can stream them I know but I really want to support the movie theaters I think I, I, mean, I, mean, I would support them if I knew now I know yeah you should like just look up like the website like I've seen like there's movies playing right now Oh, okay, because there's some movies coming out where I'm like, I told my brother, this might see I'm self-disclosing now, see? <laughs> I told my brother, I said, we got to figure out how we can recreate, like, this whole, I mean, we done went and bought, like, a sound system so we can, we can have that, like, movie boom, boom <laughs> situation. Like, we'd be planning this stuff out, like, Godzilla versus King Kong is coming out on Wednesday, so it's like, be there, be square. What are the snacks gonna look like? What we eat that night? Like we get serious over here, right? Wow. <laughs> like coming to America, we were yeah. serious. And so there, there's like a ton of Marvel movies coming out. And you can um, stream them all. Huh? And you can stream them all. I know. So I really, I mean, but I do like. There's just something about sitting in a movie theater. 
love it. Love right. It, love it, love it. But for example, like there's some movies that came out on HBO Max like this year that they said, oh, we're streaming them until like the end of this month. And then they're like, oh, then it's going to go to theaters. So I oh. think like some of them have been going to theaters. Oh, okay. Yeah, I do see where you're like, if you don't watch it now, you're gonna, you're, it's not going to stay on there. And I'm like, yeah, okay. Yeah, it goes away yeah. or something. Yeah. I guess until like later, but. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what, that's what I can, I miss. And then I missed, this is so I, I sound horrible. Um, I miss being in like the box office part because I got a lot of attention. <laughs> By who? By who? Guys. By guys? The ones who work there? No, by people coming and paying for a ticket. Oh, when you used to work there. Yeah, because I, like, I worked, I did like every job that they had like for the high school people. So I worked in the concession stand, which I didn't really particularly like. Um, and then I was one of the floater people that came in after the movie was over um, and cleaned up after people, which I despise. But the floater people also have to float into the bathroom to clean the bathroom. Oh. Um, but then I graduated. <laughs> To like the prime, like you want this cream of the crop type, you know, position to where I was in the little ticket stand selling oh. tickets, and then uh, and you couldn't tell me nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't realize that they had a, like a hierarchy there. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I don't know about other movie theaters, but the one I worked, you had to, you weren't getting hired and going straight into the box office. No. Wow. No. No, ma'am. No. Wow. And now you can like do all that stuff online before you even go. Yeah. You can just like, I think they still have a box office, but now you can like pick your seat at the box office. Yeah. They just have less people in there. Yeah. But uh, yeah, you know, this was um 10 years ago. <laughs> so there was no kiosk. Right. At least I don't think it was. Yeah. Wow. Because those lines will be so long. And I used to work at Chick-fil-A across from them all. Um, so people would like come there, you know, get food, probably smuggle it in or something, come after the movies. I'm I'm so mad I slept on uh, Chick-fil-A as a teen. Mm-hmm. I'm mad I slept on Chick-fil-A. We ain't even on top of the board. But I'm mad I slept on Chick-fil-A as a job and um, Publix. Right, but it's hard to get into Publix. That's what I heard. It kind of—I think I applied there actually. Really? Yeah. Okay, if you couldn't get into Publix, then I definitely couldn't have got in Publix. Cause I lived like right next to a Publix, so I like wanted to be you know close to home or whatever. Yeah. And then I did Chick Fil A, which is fine. I did one grocery store. It was when they started changing the Winn Dixies to like Save a Lot or whatever. So it wasn't the Winn Dixie long before they switched it over. Oh. And I, I didn't last long at all. <laughs> Yeah, I didn't last long at all. I've never worked at a restaurant. The closest thing that I've come to a restaurant is working at the movie theaters in the in a box office. Um, I've done retail, of course. So Numerous. I have never done retail, but all my jobs have been restaurant jobs, like restaurant or being a server, waitress, pretty much. Well, here's my thing. I said I had to pick a problem, right? So I was either not gonna make no money because I was always spending it back into the store that I like <laughs> all the retail jobs. Literally I get paid and then I start buying clothes. Like I already have the clothes 
you know, picked out, ready, picked out. Um, but then my thinking was why I can't have a restaurant job is because I would be constantly eating all the time because <laughs> then I could prepare like my burger exactly how I put my burger prepared. Like, mm-hmm. So that's how I was like, yeah, that's not gonna work for me. I'll be big as a house. I used to work at this um like restaurant situation where like at the end of the night, whatever food we had left over that was like cooked, but like people like it wasn't given out to like guests like we could just like go back there and eat it that would be like our dinner like <laughs> i was in college and it was like awesome <laughs> like free food just go back to the cart or whatever whatever they had before they threw everything out um we could just take off of it <laughs> i would be a hot mess a whole hot i was worse enough at because you know you get all the free popcorn you want or whatever so like i would always come home with bags of popcorn and then because i could make it like I had the butter, uh, you know, ratio mm-hmm. to popcorn down, salt factor. Like it was a problem. And now, I was like, that's a good deal it. because popcorn costs like so much money at the movie theater if you can get it for free. I might go apply. <laughs> <laughs> I might go apply. Um, so I guess now it's not that si- uh, silly of a uh, of a statement. Cause I guess not. Like, an extra <laughs> extended amount of time talking about that. Oh goodness, that's funny. Okay, so here is how you maintain your passion. Okay. Okay. Hold the frame. The frame. <laughs> frame like a picture frame. Okay. Um, okay, let me stop. So the frame is the environment of therapy consisting of physical, professional, and ethical boundaries of your work. So they, I, I'm assuming essentially they're saying that you want to make sure that you hold that frame together, right? Okay. And if you start to not hold that frame together, then that's when you cross into uh, issues of being burnout and doing unethical things. Then next we have recognize, which is really easy and self-explanatory of watching out for the warning signs that we discussed earlier right now. So I think we all can do that. Um, right. Then we have reverse. So undo the damage by seeking support or managing the stress. Um, you're my support. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you're mine too. Um, <laughs> <laughs> They probably should have put a little caveat like not another therapist let's trust another therapist out <laughs> um and then resilience is the last one so build your result your resilience to stress by taking care of your physical and emotional health and we of course we all know how important that is but mm-hmm. usually that's the first thing to take off the table just like our clients um, when we have a lot going on, we start sacrificing what we need to do for ourselves first. Um, yeah. So resilience is making sure that we stay on top of those things, that self-care um, for ourselves. Yeah. I think sometimes self-care is that first thing that we also let go of and we may forget to do. So it's really important to keep on top of that and make sure we're taking care of ourselves and we're giving ourselves that same attention that we give to other people because we can't help others if we don't help ourselves first. Exactly. 100%.
And so I think sometimes um, we think that we're burnt out when we're not, we're just really stressing. So I came across a really good list um, because I would get confused too. Like, okay, am I near burnout or am I just a little stressed right now? Mm -hmm. Um, So I think it would be really good for us to um, talk about the differences from just being stressed I shouldn't say just, that downplays it a whole lot. From being stressed and um, being burned out. And so the difference from stress and burnout are um, you're characterizing um, the over-engagement with the client. Um, Well, burnout is where you're disengaged with the client. Mm -hmm. Um, I see that for sure, right? Stress, I think stress is more like anxiety. You might be like overdoing it, right? Burnout is like, I think of burnout equals checked out. (laughs) Yeah, and so stress is like over-engaged and just overdoing things. And that list of what you described earlier, like all of those burnout those all like pretty much describe burnout, like things that people would only do, like if they were like too overworked and just like super disengaged. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So stress would be emotions are overreactive, kind of the same, right? And um, burnout would be your emotions are blunted. Mm-hmm. Makes sense to me. Um, stress is produces urgency and that hyperactivity, right? Um, burnout produces helplessness and hopelessness Mm. that's scary that's a little scary that sounds like that can lead to depression yeah that's why i'm like ooh, when you start saying that hopelessness stuff um interesting stress is loss of energy burnout is loss of motivation ideals and hope there goes that hope again Mm. Um, stress leads to anxiety disorders. Mm-hmm. Here you go, because you're such a smart girl. Look at you. Burnout leads to detachment and depression. Mm. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that you're just an awesome therapist. That's what that is. <laughs> um, stress is uh, primary damage is physical so the primary damage of stress is physical mm-hmm. um, the primary damage of burnout is emotional oh that makes a lot of sense it does it's really making it clear for me now like really- my eyes are open to the differences yes okay last one Stress may kill you prematurely. <laughs> Whoa. Um, burnout may make your life, oof, may make life seem not worth living. Heavy. Heavy. So, that's super deep. Um, definitely, we don't want to get to those stages of stress or burnout ever so we cannot emphasize enough to take care of yourself absolutely and if you have to stop a job or something because you're that stressed or burned out like do it if you can um we never want to like overwork ourselves to the point of having those emotions 
Yeah, so don't forget, I hear this all the time by counselors, therapists, not taking their time, not using their PTO. Mm-hmm. To take off, set boundaries with yourself, with your clients, with your coworkers, supervisors. Um, take breaks throughout the day. I think a lot of, I'm on the, the, the chats and the groups and people are literally just doing session back to back to back to back all day. Um, there was even like, a, are, are you snacking? Like what snacks do you have on your desk with you? Mm-hmm. And so people really are not even getting up and walking away outside of like just using the restroom, right? Yeah. And so those same breaks that you would do on a regular nine to five type job, you know, a lunch break, a 15 minute break to just get up or stretch your legs and walk away from the computer or, um, you know, laptop or whatever. I'm guilty of doing that in my night calls. I don't um, always have time to eat in between. Like I'll like use that 10 minute, five minute gap in between and like eat something quick, take a few bites, come back to that after the next hour. And then like basically take four hours to eat a, a meal. <laughs> Yeah. And and most oftentimes the meal might not be, um, you know, a good one that's nourishing for your body. Right. Because you just need to get something really quick. So Mm -hmm. um, for me, I found meal prepping to be really, really good in this type of situation to where, you know, I could just grab something that I know is going to be good for me and I don't have to worry about it, prepare anything. Like I just throw it in the microwave, even with my snacks. Like I, you know, I'll break things down in smaller baggies, like my fruit, I'll go ahead and pre-wash it and put it in little individual sides. So I can, you know, get up and grab them quicker. That's a good um, idea. Yeah. You got to do what you got to do. <laughs> um, but I think what I struggle more is actually setting aside that like relaxation time to debrief, right? So mm-hmm. that I can kind of recalibrate myself, my thoughts, my feelings. Um, and then I'm a huge culprit of not getting um, adequate sleep, mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah, you are. I've actually gotten a little better, a little, um, but I still have no ways to go, but. Yeah, we're work in progress. Good. Um, I, I tell you, I think this has been the probably the most beneficial podcast episode <laughs> or that we've done because um, even as a counselor, I didn't realize how impactful burnout could be, and so I'm definitely probably more now than ever like motivated to stay on top of this stuff Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah, for sure I think that's a great reminder as we come up on about a year now of doing this telehealth and everything um so that we can continue to do what we love and not burn out from it prematurely or at all yeah for sure for sure so all y'all quirkies outside out there Take care of yourself. Take care of yourself. And let us know. Drop a comment in one of our social medias or email us and let us know what you're doing to take care of yourselves. We'd love to hear it. Yes. Talk to y'all next time. Bye. Hi, Quirkies. We have a segment called Ask Us. Ask Us is where you can ask us anything. We welcome any and all questions. Um, It's all anonymous. Yeah, so nothing is off limits. Please feel free to ask us anything you want. 
Um, you can contact us on Instagram, Facebook, our Twitter, or email us directly at Mental Health Unquote. Yes. Hey, Corpies, we are here to talk all things BetterHelp. BetterHelp is an online platform that provides online counseling at your disposal. You can choose from live chatting sessions, telephone, and video sessions. There's also a journaling feature where you can journal to your therapist, let them know how you're feeling, send them the message. Um, you can also join a webinar. They call them group webinars where you can listen about different topics like anxiety, depression, ADHD, anything of those sorts. Our code with Mental Health Uncorked is betterhelp.com slash MHU. You can have 10% off your first month of therapy. That's betterhelp.com slash MHU. Go and sign up. Better, better help. help. Hey, Quirkies. Thanks for listening. Our social media information is on Facebook as Mental Health Uncorked, Instagram at Mental Health Uncorked, Twitter is at Mental Uncorked. We have a YouTube channel now, it is Mental Health Uncorked, and our Gmail is Mental Health Uncorked at gmail.com.